Folks, I appreciate the feedback that you left for the podcast we did on Wednesday of this week that featured Jimmy Wags and myself talking about what's going on in this country right now. I appreciate it very much. Uh, We are going to play that podcast in its entirety at the conclusion of this podcast. So I want you all, if you haven't heard it, please listen in. I think it's going to make a difference in this country, and we can't, until we're all on common ground, we just, we just can't move forward. Please take a listen afterwards if you haven't. Until till then, enjoy this new recording with me and Rob Lopes. Well, there's no Billy Bradley here today, Rob Lopes. Billy Bradley uh, finally got oh. some, some time off, some, some well-deserved time off after burning the midnight oil at their plant. Um, uh, he's, he's not uh, fired. He's not been terminated. He hasn't lost his job. What he is is that he's furloughed for two weeks and then on for two weeks. And he's using his time to do some things with his kids. And hopefully, <laughs> Rob, hopefully he's learning a little bit on, on how, to, how to smoke a brisket. Because I've seen some pictures floating by here in the last week or so that, that you can tell he's a beginner. I'll just leave it at, at that. Um, and maybe maybe he can spend next week uh, at home, um, maybe working on like smoking some Taco Bell tacos or something. Something he can't screw up too bad. Um, yeah, maybe he can uh, he can progress into into something bigger. But we're just coming out of Bristol Motor Speedway, and Rob Lopes, I got to tell you something, buddy. You saw it um, live in person. Nobody was sitting in the stands, but Rob Lopes, it was one of the better. Bristol's I have ever seen. I don't care if it's old Bristol, new Bristol. It doesn't matter. I've been watching Bristol. I'm 50 years old. I watched my first Bristol race on TV when they were doing uh, Wide World of Sports. They would show a little bit of snippets here and there. They didn't show a bunch of big races, but uh, or big laps or that sort of thing. I, it's a phenomenal racetrack. It is. It's got its groove back to say the uh, the, the pardon the pun. But I'll be damned, Rob Lopes. That race had just about everything you could possibly want in a short track race, and it felt good yeah. to see the product on the track. Period. But to see the product on the track itself, like it did, oh my God, it it was amazing. Yeah. But give us a little bit of perspective of rolling into the Coliseum with nobody around. Well, it's funny you mention that because that was what I was. That's what I wanted to start with. Is while we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Darlington, I didn't really notice. You know, it was like, you know, you were in your zone and you, you didn't pick up on the people till the end of the race. Charlotte, I, it was, I was more aware of it because, you know, now we're rolling and pit roads further back so you can see the stands when you're, like, looking straight forward. I'll tell you where I really noticed it was Bristol with no people in the stands because, one, the action was amazing. Yeah. And there was a lot of racing going on through the field. There was crazy stuff happening. Yep. Your 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 guy, baby Jesus, you know, at the end of the race, <laughs> you can pretty much imagine how loud that place would oh. have been. Yeah, with, with that going down at the end, but the action was nonstop. Uh, there was a lot of crazy stuff going on. Some really good racing through the field, and I I have to agree with you. It was one of the better shows we've had there in a while, and I think um, the PJ one was a big deal mm-hmm. on the bottom. Um, it didn't come in right away, and it seemed like some guys would uh, work on it a little while, and then they'd go to the top, and then, you know, if you ran on it, it'll stay. It's almost like you need a little tire heat to keep that PJ1 active to make it yeah. work. Mm-hmm. And if you stay off of it a long time, then you go back down there, and it's a little slick or it might not be as grippy, but you were able to, you're still able to run the top, but a lot of guys were making the bottom work once they got yeah. down there. 
And the Xfinity race, nobody got off the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. So and, it was and that a. Kind of I mean, your theory there a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. If you stayed down there, you made it work. And our man Ryan, he was one of the first ones to go down there because everybody was a little skitched out about it, and nobody wanted to go down there. And Ryan went down there, and we got busted our ass. And I mean, yeah. early. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I'll give you a little perspective on that. Dagum, all of a sudden, is like cautions out. And I'm like. <laughs> He's like, you didn't hit nothing, you're okay. I'm like, I'm hearing that on the radio. I'm like, shit, that's us. <laughs> you didn't know what like, oh, before. shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that's like, funny. oh, my God. I'm like, we spy. I'm like, so much for that competition caution at 20. We're getting one at, like, last six. I'm like, shit. shit. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> well, I got a little theory, um, Rob, that I think since we've gone back racing and we haven't had – three practices, we haven't had all the shakedowns we have and that sort of thing, I think it has actually made the on-track racing a, a hell of a lot better. And, and my, my reasoning for that, and I don't, I don't have any scientific data, it's just what I've, been, what I've been noticing, and it seems like when, when cup teams especially get to the track on, say, a Friday, and they've got, you know, Friday practice and qualifying, then they're going to practice twice on Saturday maybe or whatever it is. And then by Sunday rolls around, there ain't no surprises on that track. Now, they've already been out there. They've seen them. They've built the bumps. They've done these sorts of things. But they get right in that car, and they don't get a bunch of laps to get around there and do that sort of thing. And now they're figuring it out a little bit as they go. And I think as a whole, it's it's taken – we, and by the way, we still have the best drivers, whether they practice three times or they don't practice at all, at the top and at the front of the field. But what we're getting is we're seeing a few mistakes that might not normally happen after three full practices in a weekend or sort of thing, and, and not mistakes because yeah. they're not good enough, but just because they don't have the repetition of going around that track and, and that sort yeah. of thing. And from a fan sitting at home watching it on TV, i, I got to say, the action has been very, very – very, very good to watch, and and I I kind of I kind of digging it. I also like being at the track when there's practice. Don't get me wrong. When I'm at the track, I like to have cars on it. You know, I don't I don't want them in the garage, and and that right. sort of thing. I'm I'm a camper. Everybody knows I like to go out there and hang out the track, and I'm gonna spend three days at the campground. But but I gotta be honest with you, and with no fans there, uh, we're not missing anything anyways. To right. So, Watch them go straight out there, Rob. And and if you think about, you know, the cup race was the first race, you know, on there. The PJ1 did exactly what the book says it's going to do. And we haven't seen that every time we put out the PJ1, and it was fresh. It was good. It didn't have a bunch yeah. of lap foot on it. It hadn't, didn't have to be reapplied or none of that stuff. It was fresh. And I think a, a combination of – a couple different things helped make that race fantastic. And I don't want to, I don't want to, I want to make sure that we talk about the fact that the PJ one was, was fresh and ready for the cup guys. They didn't have a ton of practice. And I'll be honest with you, watching the best drivers on the planet uh, struggle a little bit at Bristol was unbelievably fun to watch. Like you said, I mean, Ryan Newman just went whoop, whoop, right around two or three other guys whoop, yeah. just went right around and, didn't hit a bunch of stuff or that sort of thing. You know, two or three drivers did the same thing, and it was fun to watch. These guys have a little bit of a handful um, in the car, and, and I got to tell you, Rob, we're we're seeing 
we're seeing a lot of good action on the track. I think we're only going to benefit from it. We're going to talk about the new schedule that's coming out here in just a second, but my goodness, you mentioned baby Jesus. Um, I've been extremely, and I mean extremely critical of baby Jesus. I, 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 I said so on social media. I've said so um, in the podcast. I've said it to my friends. I have no problem saying I thought he had missed an opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to to take a little bit of what's his. And by God, it's starting to show. Um, he went I, for it. He absolutely went for it, and there was nothing wrong with what he did. And when he stepped out of the car, he was calm. He was cool, collected. Joey Logano was pissed off. He walked down there to him, and Chase said, huh, I mean, you've done the same thing. Uh, shit. See, I'm, and I'm glad you I'm glad you touched on that because you know that that's been a big topic. It's like you know what what happened to what happened to the 22 is nothing that the driver of the 22 hasn't done himself yep. along the way. Exactly. So you know you, you, that's one of those things where yeah, is it good to have a short memory? Yeah. However, <laughs> sometimes you got to remember, hey man, you know I I raced this way too, and yep. I didn't you know. Hey, what comes around goes around. If you're going to, and guys, and Chase is probably no different than half them guys out there that have that mentality of, yeah. I'm going to race you the way you race me. Exactly. And exactly. This, and, and this time the 22 came out on a short end. The 9 came out on a short end. Yep. Sure did. You know, it's not like the 9 wrecked him and then won the race. The yep. 9 came out on a short end as a stick as well. But he drove it in there because he saw the opening and it's the end of the race. Exactly. You know, it was the last one. So, and I got to tell you, Rob, seeing my biggest my biggest problem with Chase Elliott has not been his talent. It's been that he's let guys run all over him, and at the end of the race, he's like, I mean, what are you going to do, man? Well, now he did exactly what Joey Logano would have done to him in that same situation. And you know what? Oh, absolutely. The next time absolutely. Joey Logano comes around to him, he's going to go, shit, man, I better give him a little bit of room here because that motherfucker will move me out of the way to get a win. And, and I need to, I need, I may need to get some, some points here. And I don't think, I don't think people in the, I mean, people in the garage have not had any, a whole lot of problem uh, roughing him up or that sort of thing. But the fact that he came out there and he was calm, cool, collected, said, Hey, I've seen you do the same thing, and they moved on. It wasn't even an issue. And I was like, okay, well, now I'm starting to see something from baby Jesus. And, and, and it, it's fun to watch. And this is why I, I watch NASCAR, Rob, is it's to see those interactions, to see those things, to see two guys, two teams. We just saw what Alan Gustafson did a couple weeks ago, and I gave him shit because, you know, Billy Bradley was very upset at Chase Elliott and all this stuff, but – we're starting to see him come out of his shell, and I firmly believe, I've said it for two years now, I've said when Chase Elliott finally decides he's not taking anybody's shit, you better watch out because that kid can drive, and, and he's, he's, he's won a race. He come back. He, he, he had he's a chance to get up talented. there. He's absolutely talented. If we can, if we can give him just get him out of that mama's boy thing a little bit, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but – if he's going to start winning races, he's going to have to do what he did um, uh, to the 22 at Bristol. He's going to win well, more of those than he's going to lose, I can tell you that. Well, as far as that goes, when and you touched on it right there as far as coming out of your shell and 
you're not, you know, all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm not taking any more of this. When you draw your line in the sand, yeah. now there's there's two ways to go about it. You can either go, you can flip the switch and go 180 degrees and be a wrecking yeah. ball, which right. does you no good, your team nobody no good, any good. <laughs> doesn't do anybody any good. Yeah. Or you can say, listen, I'm done taking your crap. I'm yeah. done going, well, okay, you know, you move me, all right. Yeah. And and nothing comes from it. But now you, you know, you put that guy back on the bumper, on your bumper, and you've moved yeah. him before. Yep. Then you know what? It's not like, well, I moved him before, but he's never done anything, and he won't move me back, so it's no yeah. big deal. I'm just going to keep taking. Well, now yeah. all of a sudden, he's almost, for to use a cliche, he's, He's sending out notice. Listen, yep. I'm done being the nice guy. I'm not going to be that evil wrecky guy, but yep. I'm not going to take your crap anymore. And, and, and that's Rob, fine. What, you, what you just said was exactly what I felt he's needed to do for two years. He let the rest of the field know. He let the 22 know immediately with his bumper. Sure. But he let the rest of the field know, hey, I'm going to handle my business. I'm not about uh, demolishing your car or my car. Both of our teams work pretty hard, but when I get up there, I'm gonna I'm gonna bump you. I'm gonna rough you up a little bit, and we're gonna race for the win. And there is not one person I would bet in the garage or fans, unless they just hate the the nine or 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 just fanatics of the twenty two that can't respect a young man who decides I want the win. I'm not gonna blatantly wreck you. This ain't one of them rattle his cage type things. He wanted to win. He was gonna show. He wasn't afraid to put his nose up there. His car was good enough to get up there. It didn't work out for the 22. It didn't work out for the nine. And Chase was like, hey, right. I, 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 that's what I got to do. Everybody took notice of what happened there. Everybody took but, notice but of what happened there. You just said it. When you're in that position, I mean, if the hole opens up and you're able to put your nose underneath, then put it underneath. You know, on lap one or lap ten, all right, man, maybe you don't push that issue. <laughs> exactly. But when you're coming – you know, two to go, especially at a place like Bristol that the laps click off in 16 seconds. Yeah. You know, you're three to go, and you're, the man leaves a hole at the bottom. Yep. you got to stuff your nose in there and, you know, okay, so it didn't stick this time. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and that happens. And you already said it. If the roles were reversed, do you think the 22 wouldn't have done the same thing? You're damn right he would have. <laughs> Why? would have. Because you're racing for the win because that's what you do. And, Rob, I'm a you're big exactly believer. Right. In, in team sports, I love team sports. I'm not a big fan of of individual. Um, I'm not a big tennis fan. I'm not a big golf fan. That sort of thing. I love team sports. NASCAR is one of the ultimate team sports because it is not like you know that left guard. Every play, he he has to do something and blah blah blah. Well, I, the the when the pit crew is on, it's their time to shine, and there's not any more. <laughs> pressure when a car comes in and needs to go back out. I love team sport. And the fact of the matter is, if Chase Elliott has that opening and he doesn't take it, he's not doing what his guys want him to do. He has got to take yeah. that fast car and try to put it in I victory agree. lane. They already have a victory. Now's the time to go stack them up. I thought what he did was the. not only did I think it was the right move, I think it is going to help him do nothing but help him um, you know, further on down the line, and and I, I, I listen. I, I have no problem saying what I think. I also have no problem saying when I think I see things uh, improve, and in that, and I'm absolutely saying that now. Chase Elliott in the last three weeks has shown me something that I've not seen from him before, and if he can keep this up, 
Um, you know, he may be, you know, the most popular driver and that sort of thing, but he keeps this thing up. He's going to be in contention for championships um, maybe for a long time, long time to come. And that's and now oh, we sure. got to go to something that, that I don't even think you've seen yet. <laughs> Rob, I don't think you've seen yet. But the new, have you seen You're probably we're taking right. this on Thursday? Um, and at, uh, let's see, at um, 3.29 or 4, I think it was 4.30, 4.30 Eastern time, they put out the new schedule. Have you seen the new schedule that's just come out, bud? 4.30, let me see, 4.30 Eastern time. Uh, let me check my calendar. No, I was still digging <laughs> at the shop. Yeah, oh, no, cool. I haven't seen any schedule. Um, as a matter of fact, it's funny you bring up a schedule, and I'll just touch on this real quick. Yep. is that I actually had to look at our current schedule for the next four races, and I hand-wrote it down on a piece of paper and taped it at my workstation so I know where I'm going yeah. in the next four races. Because since the schedule's so jumbled up, you know, yeah. you kind of get used to things. And in 2020, you know, they move some schedules around. Like, where, you know, and yeah. now I'm like, where would we be this weekend? Like, yeah. you know, okay, oh, we would be here. Oh, okay, so, yeah. So now it's like, okay, we're going to Atlanta. Well, and here's a tire thing. We get our tires, we get the information sent to us. The tire specialists get information sent week of. So you get, a, you get a look at what tires you have, your serial numbers, your spring rates, blah, 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 blah. And you can kind of do like a pre-match. Like you can say, okay, based on this information, this is the, this is the way I would line these sets up. Well, then, mm -hmm. obviously, when you get the tires, you're going to do a little more research on them. You're yeah. going to record we'll a couple other numbers. You're going to actually, you're going to hand measure them, and you're going to do your thing, and there's going to be some changes. Yeah. Well, the, it was really funny because my crew chief pointed out, he goes, hey, I noticed the dates on these tires are 1119. <laughs> he, says, he says, and we've been running, uh, you know, January, February here these last few races. I said, Scott, I said, this is a one-off race. I said yeah. these tires were made for us to run in March yeah. before all this, before yep. the stuff Bullshit. hit the fan. Yeah. I said if you think Goodyear was going to scrap all that <laughs> and do another run for Atlanta, I'm like you are mistaken. Yeah, that's not going to happen with the tires they got. We are. <laughs> I well, said, I'm glad you, know, you brought that up because we have. I have a ton of questions about this tire. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this schedule because you got a lot of writing to do, son. Um, you and, and, and let's talk about the schedule. Thought, let's start there. Everybody thought that we were going to go to Pocono, uh, and we are. So June 26th to the 28th, um, the trucks, the Xfinity, and the uh, actually uh, the Arca series are going to be there. So you got, I mean, think about this: the 26th to 28th, you got Arca, the trucks, Cup, Xfinity, Cup. Holy crap! That's a Oh, yeah, that's right, because we're double-headed up there. We're racing Saturday and racing Sunday, right? That's right. That's exactly right. So, so they're still yeah. doing that, right? They're still doing it, yep. And Okay, and hold on. i got to get a pen. Let me write this down. You better get get hold on. Pocono. <laughs> Pocono <laughs> times last, two. Okay. Yeah, last week of June. Then you're going from there. Um, so on the 28th, you're going to be in Pocono. The 5th, the 5th of July, you are going to Indianapolis. And what's interesting about this is, so Fox, normally the Fox network stops at the Daytona race um, for 4th of July weekend or whatever. Right. Um, well, it changed anyway. We were going to Indy yep. on 4th of July and not going to Indy. Daytona, so, that's, so that's still on schedule. Yes, that's still that's, basically where we would be. Yep, that's where, that's where you would be. Okay. You're going to be there. Um, and, and NBC is getting the Indianapolis race. What's interesting is, 
four days later, you're going to Kentucky. So June, July 5th, oh. Indianapolis. Um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, not four days later. It's, it's actually a week later. The Xfinity cars run four days later there. Uh, but you're going to be running July 12th at Kentucky. It's a 400-mile race at Kentucky. So you're at um, the unbelievably hot Indianapolis, uh, July 5th. The usually hot as hell Kentucky, July 12th. Then you come back to the uh, to Charlotte. So you're going to be home for Charlotte three days later for the All Star race on July 15th. Um, you know why? I still don't understand why we're doing that. I don't either. And, and I'm sorry. And I don't mean. And it's no disrespect to uh, SMI or Bruton or yep. NASCAR. I just don't understand why we feel like we need to do this All Star race right now. Let me tell you why I think you're doing it, because as I'm looking at this thing, um, Fox has Pocono, NBC has Indianapolis. Then it goes back to Mm -hmm. Fox for Kentucky and Charlotte, and then it goes NBC, Fox, NBC, until NBC takes on. So I'm thinking they're going to Charlotte so that Fox gets one of their races that they're going to miss. I honestly believe that's the only reason we're doing the all-star race is so that the TV okay, guys here. can get their, get their sponsors in. And that's, and that's, and I totally understand that. I'm wondering, well, I'm not going to say wondering. I'm hopeful that there's fans in the stands because that all-star race is just, is basically a spectacle. It's a yeah. money race. It's, yeah. it's no points. It's usually a crazy format or something different or what have yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get how we have to work things because, sure, as we've said a hundred times, it's a business. Yeah. Um, throwing that all-star race in there right now, to me, from a car guy, you know, from a team guy building cars, you know what? I don't need a, I don't need a non-points race right now. It gets I need, worse. We need to we, we need to get caught up on points races and then we can play. <laughs> it gets worse, Rob Lopes. I hope you're sitting down. So you're going to be oh in Kentucky on the 12th. Then you're going to be in Charlotte on the 15th. That's three days. I sleep in my bed. All right, cool. You're going to sleep in your bed um, the 13th, the 14th, the 15th. Then you're going to be in Texas on the 19th, for Christ's sakes, July 19th. Rob, I'm telling you right now, son. Listen, you're from Texas. Uh, uh, There's the only thing I can think of is the phrase that comes to mind is hot as the gates of hell. You better buy stock in gold bond, and you better start applying it today so that you're ready to run. Because you're running at 3 p.m. 3 p.m. on July 19th. Wow. The most hottest part of the day is between 3 and 7 p.m. We're going to feel like we're a mile from the sun. (laughs) You're definitely going to be hot. And then you follow it up with Kansas on the 23rd. So I remind you. From the, it's still kind of warm in Kansas that time of year, if I recall. Absolutely. So from the ninth, uh, excuse me, from the twelfth at Kentucky, Charlotte, Texas, Kansas, all in eleven day span. You've got Kentucky, you know, I, Charlotte, Texas, <laughs> Kansas, all mile and a half, all in in, in eleven days. What do you think? Bro? I can tell you this. There's in the Charlotte region and the greater Charlotte area, there's going to be a run on gold bond in the next two weeks. Like there was a run on toilet paper three months ago. I'm fairly yeah. certain of that. That, that that's, Holy that's Toledo. Exactly what I think. Now you do, you go to New Hampshire, you finish up this part of the schedule, August 2nd in New Hampshire. So from the 19th to the, um, basically you're going to run on the 23rd of July, which would be four races in, in 11 days. And then you don't do anything until August 2nd. So you got July 30th, 
uh, seven, eight, nine. So you got nine days between Kansas and New Hampshire. Um, but that's the schedule. You're going Pocono, Indy, Kentucky, Charlotte for the All-Star Race, Texas, Kansas, back to New Hampshire. Buddy, it's gonna, you've got the hot part of the, of the schedule and the breadbasket of America, and you're going <laughs> all right. We're going to see how, how those uh, how 550 horsepower um, does. On, I mean, that asphalt could be uh, 160 fucking degrees by the time you guys well, get out there. <laughs> it, it, it's funny you bring all that up now because now – Keep in mind, we run Texas in the cooler part of the year, both races. Yep, yep. So now Texas might be a little slicker. Yep. Right? Yep. Indy's, Indy's where it is. Yep. Uh, I don't know. Is, is Kentucky, I guess, is where it is. I'd have to look yep. at the schedule. I don't know. It's pretty I'm close. i sit down and get an abacus out, whatever. <laughs> um, some of these places that we're going to, I, I mean, obviously we run Kansas at, at a little cooler time, so it could yep. be hot and slick there. Yep. Uh, but – Let's talk, you know, this week in Atlanta. Yeah. We're used to run Atlanta earlier in the season. Well, it's yep. supposed to be pretty warm there. Yeah. Um, Rob, and I'm glad you brought this up because I, I have a ton of freaking questions for you. You mentioned the tire earlier. So, so everybody knows it's a, it's a one-and-a-half-mile oval, um, long front stretch, um, back stretch a little bit shorter. Banked to 24 degrees. It is the old, it's the third oldest asphalt on the circus. It's probably, arguably, it, it was the paved most in, It was last paved in 97. 97, that's right. Dover, I think, when, was paved when, when, the, when the reconfiguration happened. And the only reason I know that is because I'm probably <laughs> one of the few car guys that was there. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. Um, but here's what I wanted to talk about. First, just They're going to do random draws, uh, positions 1 through 12. 13 through 24, hey, all based on owner points. Not to interrupt yeah, you, but what yeah. do you what do you think about this whole random draw thing instead of qualifying? What are I, I got to be honest with you, Rob. I love it. I, I honestly, God, I, I think I, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I think it 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 adds a little bit of drama. And to be bluntly honest with you, the way qualifying has been the last couple of years with the the rounds and all that kind of stuff, there was a bunch of gimmicks and hokey things going on and all that that I I didn't really fit. I don't. I didn't feel like it really fit. What was happening, and and but but I, I think the random draw actually works, Look, and, and I'm, I'm happy. And the way that. they're doing the random draw works. It's not a yeah. random draw for 40 positions. It is a random draw yeah. in basically three sections of exactly. the field. And I and think, I that's think fair. that works really well. Yeah, I do. I, too. Really I never did. thought about that, and I'm glad they did it. That's another thing that I think we've gotten a little smarter on, um, you know, through this COVID stuff. Having but, positions one through twelve just makes complete sense. I mean, it just does, Rob. No, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I mean, to go a random draw from one through forty. Oh, that's tough. I mean, I I don't know if that's exactly fair, no. but to go a random draw, you know, you go ahead and you you break the field down in thirds. And you do a random draw that way. I think you're doing what you need to do. The cars are going to be basically where they're going to be anyway. Yeah. And I and I'm being realistic about it. They're going to be where they're going to be anyway. Yeah. And you mix it up. Yep. You mix it up. You take out all the tricks. You take out all the BS that you yep. might do for this or you might do for that. And yeah. and you mix it up. And mm-hmm. and like you said earlier, we're going to learn from this. That maybe we, you know, we've already cut practices back, practice yeah. time back yeah. anyway. Yep. And now we might be able to move forward and say, okay, guys, we're going to roll in for the weekend and we're, you're going to get a 50-minute practice, you're yep. going to qualify, and you're going to race. 
and yeah. this is the way we're going to do it. And, and and to be honest with you, I, yeah, I that is something that I don't know that I would have been for had we not been forced to do it, Rob. So I I, I think it's okay to agree to learn a little bit Agreed. as we go. And but here's one of the first things I wanted to talk to you about. Um, so the package that we're running here is the the it's the 2020 intermediate package with the we all we've been talking about it. It's a 550 horsepower tapered engine, blah blah blah. 550 horsepower, drag ducts in the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on. What they, we know. What I thought they were doing is they were using aero ducts on this race, an adjustment because they didn't use aero ducts in 2019. I thought we were going with aero ducts uh, at this race in Atlanta. Am I wrong on that? Well, no, no, no. It, it's the 550 package. It's the holes in the nose with with the ducts that go through the nose and out the wheel well. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. All right. So, so we're on the same page. Yes. Drag ducts, um, aero ducts, whatever you want to call it. Same thing, right, gotcha. Okay, so, but here's where I read an article today that really got me, got my mind ticking. Um, so, we know the track chews up tires, and, mm-hmm. but from what I understand is this Atlanta uses the, the multi-zone tread on the right side, is that correct? I'm pretty right? sure we're still yes, you know I'm pretty sure we're still using yes we're it's not a multi zone it's a dual zone okay dual zone um, on the right the, side the inside the inside of the right side tires are a little bit harder compound probably from the shoulder of the inside to maybe probably two two and a half inches yep. maybe three is a little bit tougher compound than the rest of the tire and. Yes, I, I if I recall, because I'm standing here right now and I I'm standing here in my living room and I'm thinking, shit, I don't know, because I was thinking of Atlanta in March and I didn't even think about it this week. I was thinking cars because I was done with tires. I was thinking cars. Um, Let me read this to you. Yes, I, I think it is. A, I think it might be a dual zone. It says, uh, and I, I'm reading straight from this article, so I and I'm not well versed in this area. It says all three NASCAR national series. Will run the same tire setup, and it'll be the first time teams have run either of the two Goodyear tire codes for Xfinity and Cup That's Series true. compared to what was run last year at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Both the left side and right yes. side tires feature construction updates to align with other speedways that they've run so far. Correct. Um, and, Correct. And, and it says for the Truck Series tire. The construction the tire, platform is the same, but it's a compound change. Exactly. So the trucks now have a compound change on well, the left side. I, I should tire. say this: our construction, our constru- the construction and compound. Basically, what they've done is all our mile and a half on our bigger racetracks. Their Goodyear is putting on the same platform as far as construction goes. Yeah. And basically, what changes is your compound depending on where you are. Yeah. You know, uh, and if. Like you said, and I, to be quite honest with you, and I'm ashamed to say this, and the fact that it's going all over the airwaves, and there's millions of people that are going to hear this. Millions. I'm pretty sure we're on a dual zone, but yeah. I'm not 100% sure at this point because Atlanta escaped me three months ago. Well, let me and let me read all this I to did. You. All I did was look at all I did was look at numbers and match sets, and I didn't even think about, hey, am I on a dual zone this week? What am I? Yeah. You know, I'll know when I get there, and it is what it is. And the smarter people already know, but, you know, (laughs) this neck down dude, I got it covered. 
I think it is a multi-zone tread. And the reason I say that, and, and I've never heard this described this way, but it, it, the, the trucks never use the multi-zone is what the article says. And, and there's a two-inch inboard compound design for heat resistance on the, on the, on the right. It was called the endurance zone. Then a 10-inch yeah. outboard compound to give it more grip. The traction zone, and, and, and since I read this article and I've listened to what you've said over the years, I can actually see it in my damn head. And, and it seems yeah. odd to me, Rob, that this is the first time all three national series are going to run the same tire setup um, at, at Atlanta. And it, it, it's I, – I, listen, I know the science of tires. I, I used to think it was funny. Oh, my God, what's so ter- – uh, you can go as deep as you want. It's like I had a soils class in in college, and and I mistakenly called it dirt one time, and my professor said, "Oh man, uh, you call uh, it dirt to a soil yes. scientist? Listen, yes. Dan, you and I, you and I share. We're cut from the same cloth when it comes to that because yes. we're not even going to get into that. And this is yeah. something I can text you about. Yeah. You, when you sit in a soils class and you call it dirt, oh shit." Mm. Yeah, you're in deep shit. Don't even that, do it, man. That's what I did. And then I got my – then I spent um, three months trying to figure out chemistry, basically another – basically it's another organic chemistry class. But tires are much the same way. You can keep it as simple as, hey, the rubber has got to hit the road, and that's what makes you go. Uh, it gives you traction. Or you can get in depth in here, and I'm very, very interested to see how how the Cup, the Xfinity, and the Truck Series all does with the same tire because it – it, to me, it's 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 something that, well, this that is just interesting. Yes, go ahead. The Cup Series has run on dual zones before, mm-hmm. because it was something that that was developed, in my opinion, developed for the Cup Series. Yeah. Basically, it was almost like, all right, if you want to max your camera out, you're going to be on a harder compound, and you go yeah. ahead and try to tear this thing up. But yeah. if you want a little more grip, you're going to stand that tire up, which yep. helps equate to tire life you're not going to kill the yeah. inside shoulders bad yeah. and you'll get a little more grip if you stand that tire up a little bit gotcha and 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 and, and like you said the endurance zone yeah you're going to you're going to run camber you're going to run right side camber there yeah because it helps the car turn so yep. you put a little more durable compound there it doesn't wear as fast it doesn't hold mm-hmm. the heat so yeah. it's not going to rip itself apart yeah well the cup series has been doing that for years yeah but now, you, 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 Goodyear's decided, listen, this is what we're going to do, people. Mm-hmm. We're going to put all three of y'all on the same stuff, and yeah. you, you know, that way we're not, we're not making a vast amount of tires for a one-off race. Y'all are going to run on the same thing. Yeah. And, gonna, and, and the thing of it is, is Goodyear has basically with that has tried to save us from ourselves. Sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, make because that tire camber on the right off. front. You lean that tire in on the right front. Yes, it's going to cut. That that car is going to turn. However, you hurt the tire. Yeah. And the last thing you want so, is going into the turn and have a right front go down. That's bad news. <laughs> As we saw Dale Jr. at Kansas, so many people have you know knocked the right front down going into going into a corner at a mile and a half where they've got the most amount of speed, and it's a that's a bad. Oh deal. yeah, we don't want that happening. Oh yeah, you lose the right front going into any corner. Yeah. Because you're already going into the corner at two oh shit. Yeah. And then the right front goes down, and you just head straight to the fence. 
yeah. as fast as you can go, yeah, that's a big hit. No matter where you are, it's a big hit. Yeah, it's it's big hit, and it was fun. They call it the multi-zone tire, but there's two zones. You're calling it the dual Correct. zone. It's the same and, thing. And, and it's the funny thing is, is when you look at the tire, you can see it. Can you? Yes. Yeah. It is a it is a very distinct line mm-hmm. in the tire. Gotcha. You can see it, and the way the tire is produced is that tread is laid out almost like a tootsie roll, like it's just kind of pressed out in a certain mm-hmm. length. Yeah. And then they wrap it around there, and they seal it up real nice and vulcanize it and everything. And you can see it in a line when it's in the mold. When that, when that thing gets molded, you can see the line where the endurance zone is and where the happy grip zone is. Gotcha. Well, this is all to say I, I think it's important for everybody to understand the tire because uh, tires and pit strategy is probably what's going to be a uh, it's, it's going to be a huge story into Atlanta. Let's go straight here. Toyota, I did not know this, by the way, Rob. Toyota has not won at Atlanta since 2013. I would have been wrong if I would have, if I would have guessed that. I would have said they've definitely won since 2013. That seems like a long time, but fact of the matter is um, – It is a long time. That's seven years, man. That's seven races. Years. That, that is a long time to go um, droughtless with the, with the talent that they've had, especially the mile-and-a-half uh, talent that they've had. Uh, Kevin Harvick's led the most laps in five consecutive races. We know he's good there. Um, Ford, I think, has won the, uh, the last – um, three uh, races there, but I, the, Jimmy Johnson has been very good at this at this racetrack. He's won there twice in the last um, five years, and I got to be honest with mm-hmm. you, you, you've been telling us for the last year that don't count old Jimmy Johnson out. And by God, he is up front at a lot of these races. And we're, since we're coming back, he's in the mix. He's he's, uh, uh, he's he's made a couple of mistakes, you know, here and there, and that sort of thing, but. But we're going back to Atlanta, and he knows how to get around that place. He knows how to get around Texas and all that kind of. This may, I mean, I, I'm. We, you're going to interrupt you. Is there a place Jimmy Johnson doesn't know how to get around? That's a shorter no. list. No, uh, that, that's that, that's probably a good <laughs> way to say it. Um, but here's the other thing that I thought was extremely interesting here: um, the last nine mile and a half tracks, we've had nine different winners, dude. And and if that's not parity, wow. I don't know what is. I, I just would have assumed that Kevin Harvick would have snagged a couple, or or maybe Martin Truex Jr. But but here we are, and it's 3 p.m. Eastern, uh, 2 p.m. in the great state of Texas uh, on Sunday. We're going to be at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Uh, let's finish this thing up and tell me who you got for the winner and who you got for your dark horse, buddy. Man, I'll tell you what. It's hard. To, it's hard to go against Kevin Harvick in mm-hmm. in Atlanta. It really is. Yep. Um, so I'm going to go ahead with Kevin Harvick and, you know, just to throw, just to throw Jimmy, I'm going to go with Jimmy as my dark horse. Those are two excellent picks, my man. Uh, I I literally think those are two great picks. As for my dark horse, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pick the 14. They, they have some, they're running well. They're running well. They've had some, some misfortunes, but they've, they've got some speed in that car. And I think, I think they're, I've been making fun of them now for it seems like forever for dumb shit happening. I mean, they got stuck on the apron at Talladega for Christ's sakes, and and almost had almost had to get a push. Thankfully, Clint was was smart enough to have them, uh, um, you know, not hook it up to get him off there. But I'm gonna go with right. uh, Baby Jesus, the nine car. I think he's got some momentum. I think he's got some confidence. That's a home track. 
Ooh, as a home yeah. track, and and I think that he wants to come out here and make a statement. And everybody knows that I am not a fan of Chase Elliott, but I just feel like that young man is getting ready to bust it wide open. I think this is a, a I mean, he's a, he's good here. I mean, he usually has a top ten finish, and I think that that he's going to build upon what he's done. I think I, 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 once Alan Gustafson got down there and and got into Kyle Busch a little bit and Chase Elliott. I just think that team's got way too much momentum. I would have picked the four if I had the first pick, but I'm perfectly fine taking the nine. You've got the 48. I've got the 14. As far as I can tell, Rob Lowe, we got this field covered. Um, listen, I appreciate Yeah, uh, I, I think you're right. I appreciate you coming on directly after work. I know you literally got home, and uh, I hear you just now put in the uh, ice in the bottom of your – uh, um, beverage uh, glass. I'll yeah, say. Um, it's been a while. <laughs> you know, like the there's cobwebs in the bourbon cabinet right now, <laughs> yeah. and the fact that I actually got home before dark. Yeah, uh, I think I might. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and enjoy one. Yeah, <laughs> enjoy this, buddy, because when that new sec- when that second phase of that schedule comes around, well, hell, there's going to be about hell. two weeks where you're not going to know what day it is. Not just what you just told me, but heck, even next week. I mean, we're talking another Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday this week. That's right. Yep. And then, you know, we're talking Pocono times, too. We're going to go here. We're going to go there. We're going to go sweat our butts off for a month. You know. Yeah. In fact, here it comes. I'm only going to have one bourbon right now because I'm going to go ahead and shoot over to the food line. Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and buy every damn bottle of Gold Bond that they got because I, I feel like I need to stock up. Yeah, you need to stock up now, son, because uh, you and the rest <laughs> of the six months and the NASCAR garage is definitely going to need it. Uh, for Rob Lokes, for Billy Bradley, somewhere eating saltwater taffy, I'm Dado. Rob, let's go, to, uh, <laughs> let, let's go to Atlanta and have a hell of a race, bud. What do you say? Let, let's have a hell of a race, and I, I hope everybody enjoys it. Heck yeah. Hell yeah. Let's go. Appreciate it. If you want change in America, go and register to vote. We don't want to see targets burning. We want to see the system that sets up for systemic racism burnt to the ground. On the line, I've got Jimmy Wags. Jimmy Wags, we had an exceptional race at Bristol Motor Speedway for the Food City 500 on Sunday of this past week. An excellent race. And and I think I, I may have tweeted about it three times or so, Jimmy. I didn't even want to tweet about it once. I was so focused on what is gripping our country right now with the um, racial injustice and and what we've got going on with the looting and the rioting and the and the peaceful protests and the unpeaceful protests and it just it didn't seem it didn't seem like the right thing to do to tweet ad nauseum like I normally would during the race and 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 it's. It's unfair for the race because it was a fantastic, fantastic thing to watch. And race fans got absolutely everything that they wanted. But, Jimmy, it just doesn't feel right. We're recording this on Tuesday. I just don't feel right about doing a NASCAR podcast because we got way too much more important stuff going on in the country. And, uh, Jimmy, I'm, I'm dying to know what can you summarize or not even summarize what are some of your thoughts some of your feelings what's going through your head as you see what's happening in our country right now well i definitely think that the race yesterday was a good escape from everything that's been going on because um, it's, it's all over social media and it's all over the news and to have something to 
look at other than um, what's been going on for a few hours yesterday was good. And not only that, it was a great race. So um, I've come out and said that, you know, I condone any anything that's been happening over the last few days as far as, uh, you know, what happened to George Floyd and Maud Aubrey and many others that have died unjustly and our hurts for them. I think I, yesterday morning I woke up and got on social media and I watched a video, man, and I, I just broke down. It's, um, it hurts me to my heart to see my people uh, go through this. And uh, it's just, um, when is it going to end? When is it going to stop? When are we going to, uh, we, we have to recognize that, you know, there are flaws in the system um, that are purposely uh, hurting the African-American culture. And we're losing our lives every single day. And how can we change that? And I'm I'm just tired. I'm tired of seeing um, our people get assaulted, you know, in traffic, simple traffic stops. You know, um, we all know the story of what's going on with George Floyd. Um, the police were responding to a situation where apparently he may have used a fraudulent bill to pay for something. I mean, we don't even know if he knew the bill was fraudulent. But to see that police officer kneel on the back of his neck and and kill this man, it's just um, it's it's not right. It's just really not right. And when we've seen over the course of the last month, just the Amar Aubrey's and the Trayvon Martins over the last few years, it's just enough is enough. And I'm I'm tired, man. I really am. Keep it wise. I can hear it in your voice. I've known you a long time. I have been with you. In fact, when when you have been, uh, I will say, at a very minimum, um, somewhat uh, racially profiled in Daytona, and I can hear the pain, and I can hear the you're just fucking tired of what's what's going on, and and, and we finally, and this is going to be terrible to say. We finally see an incident involving a white police officer and a black man that not one sane person that watches the video understands there was anything going on but murder. Not one, there was nothing going on but murder. As a former police officer, I can assure you the second I saw the video, me, and hundreds of thousands of other police officers or former police officers in the country said, that guy is in deep shit, meaning the white officer. It is a huge no-no. You do not touch the neck. You do not place any pressure on the neck. You do not touch it, period. The man was compressing his neck the entire time. There's not one sane person that watched that video that did not understand it was murder. And to go through something like this again, where the officers aren't immediately arrested, that they're not immediately, you know, put behind bars, that they that they were allowed to go home from the damn um, uh, from from duty, it seems awful strange because it was as cut and dry as possible. They absolutely should have looked at the video and said, you know what, if this was anybody else, you would have been arrested and placed. Uh, in a holding tank until we could see if the district attorney wanted to 
to press charges. I, and it should have happened immediately. It didn't. What has followed afterwards, though, is an extreme injustice to not only the black community, the 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 people of color community, but the entire human race. When you hide behind legitimate causes to help heal, and you use that to create when you use that to create pain, when you use that to further an agenda that has nothing to do with why you're there. It absolutely hurts everybody, not just in America, not just black people, not just brown people, not just people of color. It hurts the entire human race when you use somebody's suffering to further an agenda simply because you're selfish. And Jimmy Wags, I can't express enough how still today, as we record this on Tuesday, I I haven't been able to sleep very well. I haven't been able to focus my thoughts. I don't really want to engage in social media. I'm striving to find positive things because what we have in this country right now is we have we have run amok, and we've lost sight all of a sudden of what the important thing is. It has turned into something else, and it absolutely is damaging to everybody, specifically people of color who had a legitimate cause to go protest, and and we're seeming to lose sight of that is disgusting. It makes me it makes me angry. It, it makes me angry. I, I'm not even a person of color, and to see this being overrun, to push an agenda that has nothing to do with what the real problem is here, all it does is is push us back. And I want to ask you another question here, Jimmy. Get your get your opinion on on what's happening for years. We can look at Ferguson. We can look at all the riots that happened in the Obama administration. That Those were, you know, 12 years ago, 8, 10, 12 years ago. Not one time did NASCAR or any driver that I'm aware of come out in support of injustice. Not one time have I ever seen a tweet from NASCAR or a driver to come out in support of racial inequality in America. Now, everybody, NASCAR, themselves put out a tweet. I've seen many, many drivers put out tweets. And Jimmy Wags, I'm glad that they finally stand up and recognize that we need to change in this country. But it's a little too fucking convenient to only say this stuff within months of Kyle Larson saying the N-word. And I'm not trying to be disingenuous, but God Jimmy, it makes me angry that all of a sudden we're using this um, huge profile that NASCAR has in these NASCAR drivers. They've never, they've always tried to stay away from from political things. This shouldn't be political. They've said it now. I'm grateful, but do you feel like like does does their statement make you feel better? Are you a little wary about it? How do you feel knowing now that after all this stuff has happened, they finally come to grips and said something publicly? I hate that it's come to this. You know, um, it's. I feel like in the past, you know, a lot of these guys they were scared. They were scared to say something. They were scared because of what their friends might say, or you know. But I think 
we have to start somewhere. And, you know, I've said this in our group text. I've even posted it on Twitter that I appreciate them coming out and supporting their cause and wanting to to help move this country forward. And I really think that, you know, until they can put more actions behind their words, you know, all these words are hollow. But, you know, it goes to show that they care. And not to say that they didn't care before. They may have just been too scared to to say something. Um, but being silent is worse than, than saying something at all right now. Um, so, I mean, I, I take their statements at a minimum. And I appreciate that a lot of these drivers are now coming out and talking about it. And Because ultimately, yes, NASCAR is a predominantly white sport. We have one African-American driver in our sport, one. We have several crew members, several guys that are tire changers, that are tire carriers, you know, whatever, whatnot. But I think that they... They, they, them speaking up now is a step in the right direction. How they continue to speak out and how they, how they go about inflicting change and and helping racial relations and systematic racism and all those things that come with this. Um, how they go about, you know, making that narrative a priority moving forward. Um, is really a true testament to what their words mean to me. Jimmy Wag, uh, Will said, um, I- I've known you a long time. I can hear in your voice your controlled uh, speech, and um, it pains me to hear you have to have to have discussions like this in 2020. I mean, Christ, we're literally in 2020, and I and I will say this: if it takes something like this to to get everybody to do actions instead of sit behind the scenes and be and be silent then at least we can use this tragedy that's already happened at least we can use this to promote a healthy agenda moving forward i i, I hate that we went through Trayvon Martin and 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 Eric Ferguson and everything that we went through and not <laughs> it did not seem like like NASCAR really gave a shit or said anything about it or that sort of thing. I am going to reconvene on this subject with a I'm going to put myself a calendar note to reconvene in six months to look at NASCAR and what they've done to to push a positive agenda for racial equality. I, the cynic in me wants to literally yell at them and call them out and and tell them that, you know, where were you six years ago when cities were burning down and that type of shit. I will say this. I agree that maybe, maybe some of these guys in NASCAR, nobody has done it before, Jimmy. Maybe they were, you know, nervous or not sure what to do or worried about losing followers, or whatever the case may be. The fact of the matter is, I think it's important that we that we accept that now people are coming out and they're absolutely disgusted about what's happening and they're not being silent anymore. 
And when I woke up this morning and I saw Ty Dillon and Dale Jr. and everybody else who all of a sudden now are going to be political, I I found that to be very, very odd timing, seeing how NASCAR is still trying to repair its damage that Kyle Larson did. However, I'm choosing to be positive because we have to be positive now more than ever moving forward. Most definitely. Everybody has to learn a little bit. We have to give police officers the benefit of the doubt when we can. We also have to be very cautious. We have to, you know, quit racial profiling people and be a little trusting and put yourself in good, smart situations where you can be a help to society instead of somebody who sits on the fringe and doesn't say anything. We've got people who don't want to be involved because they're scared. And fact of the matter is, when you don't do anything, when you don't say anything, all you do is substantiate the bad that is going on. You don't have to go out there and, and fight anybody you know, personally that's doing something bad. You don't have to do that kind of stuff. But you can damn sure teach people around you that that's not acceptable. You can say it with your words, and you can follow with your actions. You can go down, you can help clean up your community. You can go do all these sorts of things instead of sit there at home. You've got to have talks with your kids. You have to have talks with your children about this is unacceptable, and we as a family don't do this because it's wrong. This isn't a black or a white thing anymore. This is a right versus wrong thing. And when people are not treated equally, when people take advantage of a situation for political or personal gain, that is wrong. We are all humans here, and if somebody is suffering, we're all suffering. And this wasn't a choice that George Floyd or anybody else made. This wasn't a choice. George Floyd, I'm sure, would much rather be alive today. What we've got going on is perpetuated by people who don't see the truth that see what they want to see. And if you can't see the truth now in 2020, we've got NASCAR, for Christ's sake, putting out political statements that they never would have done before. If that doesn't tell you we've got some growing up to do in this country and we've got some learning to do from all sides of this equation, and we, some of us need to shut our damn mouths and we need to pay attention, I, I saw the mayor of, the mayor of Atlanta give an impassioned speech She's a mother, and she was an impassioned person speaking as somebody who cares. Now, Jimmy Wags, I'm going to tell you right now, I would never vote for this woman if it was her and, and anybody else. We, we are diametrically opposed on almost all of her political agendas she had, but I'm going to tell you one thing right now. She absolutely gets my respect, a handshake. I would love for her to be my neighbor. I wish we were friends. She is a wise, wise woman. And when she spoke, it touched me, Jimmy, because she was talking, just like I've heard you talk before, from the heart. This stuff isn't fake. This hurts, and it's real. And you make it worse by hiding behind things or not saying anything, Jimmy. And I think what we need to learn as a society is it's okay to explain that you're ignorant about something. You're, it's okay to ask a question 
and you don't have to be racist to ask the question of what's it like for you to be um, a black person, you know, going here or that sort of thing. You need to educate yourself. You need to get more involved with what's happening in your community. You can't just go back to your neighborhood and you can't just not notice what's going on because it affects everybody, Jimmy Wags. And I know in Baltimore, in Baltimore, you guys have had trouble. Things have gotten out of hand. It's gotten out of hand all over the country because everybody is hurting right now. And, Jimmy, I'm not sure I've seen – if I chose to look at all the bad, I would see nothing but bad. But, Jimmy, it, it, it was very interesting to me that I, told, I even told my wife, hey, stop looking at all the bad stuff. Start looking for good stuff. And you know what, Jimmy? When you look for good stuff, when you look for good in people, when you look for good deeds being done, you can find them out there, Jimmy Wags. You most definitely will. Um, yesterday, we, I don't know how many people we had yesterday, um, but yesterday Baltimore was a testament to how to peacefully protest and let your voice be heard. We had several protests around our, our state, and probably the biggest one was in Baltimore City yesterday. I mean, it was thousands and thousands of people um, walking the streets yesterday, peacefully protesting and uh you know, I hope hopefully that can be a beacon of light to show you that you you can do this peacefully. You can let your voice be heard without destroying property, without looting. Um, and you know, hopefully, people that need to hear those words hear them, and hopefully, it touches their heart in a way to help them want to change not only their lives but their education. How they go about teaching their families, their friends, their communities about what's going on today. And that's really that's really all that I can hope for. Um, I and I agree with you. There's so much negativity on the news right now, um, and it's uh, it's hard to look past it all. But I think it's going to take it's going to take some people seeing these images and seeing seeing these things to help them understand that. The things that are going on in this country and the against the African American community are happening, and obviously it needs to change. And they, I think, them seeing it hopefully will give them uh, give them reason to to help want to be a part of that change. Jimmy, in our little circle, I am by far. I am by far the oldest son of a bitch in our little circle. Uh, I'm 50 years old. I have seen protests from the 70s. Um, I still I know exactly who Reginald Denny is for Christ's sakes. I watched him get beat up in the in the riots in L.A. in, in the early 90s. I've seen this stuff play out many many years over the course of 50 years. I can tell you this: I have never been more on the same page with a larger group of people, and I'm going to go back even to to 9-11. I have never been on the same page with a larger group of people than I have in my life after watching these riots and these protests, everything unfold in the last couple of weeks. Because now I am seeing more and more people, NASCAR included, come out and say, Okay, enough is I'm fucking enough. We've got more black business owners, minority business owners, than we ever had in this country. And guess what? 
they were targeted as well because the mob didn't give a shit. The mob just wanted to do damage, and, and they didn't care what was going on, and they have ruined the exact fucking thing that we are trying to keep moving. I'll and, also say this, too. Um, there are people that want to push an agenda to show that, you know what, let me destroy this property so that it makes these peaceful protesters look bad. And that's just downright completely wrong. Jimmy, it's and, the worst thing no, we I got think, going on right now. It's absolutely and, the worst thing going. And I've seen I've seen peaceful protesters call these people out. I've seen these people get arrested. Um, and I hope we continue to do that. But it's absolutely I just don't I I don't understand why you I, I do understand. I mean I understand why these people are doing these things because they want to see the country continue this way. And um I'm just really I'm really glad and happy that these peaceful protesters are standing up uh to these people, calling these people out and hopefully they can continue to get these people off the streets because they're not they're they're not pushing the agenda that we need and, and that's to to inflict change for the better in this country. So, Jimmy, we have to find these people that are hiding behind peaceful protesters and trying to create um, a bedlam. We just absolutely have to because those are the people that are hurting the cause. Those are the people. And and and, and I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth. This is going to sound crazy. I'm. If it had to take all the bullshit we've seen over the last week or so to happen to get people to absolutely be on the same change and page and change their mindset, then I guess I will accept it because it furthered a a right agenda, and I don't mean right or left. I mean a correct agenda in that all people are equal. We have to be able to peacefully protest. We just absolutely have to. And And when people go out there and they hide behind – Good people trying to show solidarity in the country, black people and white people, brown, Asian, it doesn't matter. People of all races showed up to protest peacefully, and many of them across the country were hijacked by people who did not give a shit about the reason why they were there. They were just trying to create a disturbance, to create more division. And I hope that coming out of this, Jimmy, we can finally understand that we all have a common enemy. And that common enemy is those that are against equality for all people. And if we can come out of this with us all being on the same team, whether you're – I mean, listen, we had a discussion this morning, Jimmy Wags. You and I differ politically on many different things, but at the end of the day – we're on the and I can't stand the fucking Baltimore Ravens and you can't stand the Pittsburgh Steelers and we are always going to argue about that it ain't going to change but one two one thing that we are absolutely on the same page about is you have to do the right fucking thing and if you use a good agenda to exploit for your own political and personal gain you absolutely are the enemy of good people around this country Jimmy Wags and if some good comes out of this. And at this point, we really need some good to come out of this. Jimmy, if that happened, moving forward, we would all be blessed. Definitely. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take more than this situation to, to continue to move us forward. I mean, it's, uh, 
it's a small blip in the ocean uh, when it compares to all the things that have been happening over the course of, you know, the last, I don't know, 50, 60, 70, 80 years, and even going back to the last 400 years when uh, when African Americans were slaves. But it's it's hopefully it continues to to push the the boat forward. And look, man, I I know it in my heart that my people are hurting, and um, I want nothing more than to stop seeing these senseless killings and these unjustly killings. Um, more than anybody, and you know, I just I just want us to continue to to love each other and to be there for each other as a community and as a as a humanity. Just we we got to be better, and I just I just want to see us move forward. And hopefully this you know this incident will will move us forward, and we we can just we can continue to eliminate you know racism and systematic racism and uh fix and fix the this judicial system that is set up to to fail the African American community and, and any other uh, minority race because um, it it has to change so hopefully these uh these things will continue to move us forward I've had you on the show before, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I've asked you, Jimmy, how, how, I mean, how do you like to be, you know, treated when you go to a race that's full of uh, predominantly uh, white crowd and those sorts of things? And you basically come out and said, hey, don't fucking treat me any other way except for like you would anybody else. Now, I am asking you, to talk to all of our listeners out there who are white or not people of color. And what are some simple things? What are some things that if somebody, how can I get involved? What can I do? How can I help further an agenda of equality? Any suggestions on some simple things normal people can do in their everyday lives to, um, to support the cause that we have going on in this country? I think you can educate yourself, whether it be reading articles online or reading about historical events. You can you can talk to your neighbors. You know, if you have African American neighbors, or just listening, really just listening, because that's really what that's really a lot of what's going on. Is we need people to listen and understand about the things that have been going on in our culture, against our culture. So just giving the ear and listening, I mean, that that goes a long way. And You know, how you go about inflicting that change, whether it be if you volunteer in your community, you help your friends, um, that's on, you know, that's on you. I really can't say how you should go about doing that. But it, anything but being silent is is a step in the right direction. And I like, always say this, and every 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 time we talk about it, you know, I go to a NASCAR race, and I have never, ever, ever felt any type of way where I've been felt like I've been racially profiled. Um, every person that I've always come mostly come in contact with, I just uh, I've enjoyed my my time with them. They've I've never treated me any different. 
and I thank them for that, and I hope that they continue to do that as we move forward. And you know, if you if you had a race, and you know, just high, going going doing something as simple as high fiving somebody goes a long way. If you see me wearing a Bubba T-shirt, you got on a Bubba T-shirt, and we high five. You you know, I know with the, with the COVID situation right now, that's probably not a good thing to do, but <laughs> um. Those things go a long way, and just it makes you feel included. And you know the NASCAR family is is one big family. And yes, you know the the rhetoric around NASCAR is it a is it a predominantly Southern sport? And the Kyle Larson situation absolutely did not help things. Um, but hopefully, because of that situation, hopefully we continue in a direction where we leave those types of narratives and rhetorics in the past and we continue to move forward and I'm deep down in me right now it's it's hard to say that, you know, that we will but but goddamn man, I we we're gonna come out on the other side of this as better people. And I wise I can only use my faith and just pray that we will, so Jimmy Wags, those are wise words, and I like to echo what Jimmy Wags said in case you need a refresher. One of the most important things you can do as a, uh, as a white person is you can listen. You can just simply listen. One of the most powerful uh, images that I, I, you're ever going to see is when police officers were on a knee. Uh, they're standing there on a knee in front of the protesters, and just listening and just being there so that the protesters could understand, hey, this is my job. I I can't let you advance forward, but I'm going to stand here and I'm going to be on a knee and I'm going to show a sign of solidarity that I I know you're in pain and we're going to get through this together. I don't know how, but simply listening and learning and understanding that there may be another side to the story that you don't, you're not privy to. Just simply doing things like that, ask questions, and then to be quiet. We don't have to debate everything all the time. We can listen. We can learn. We can grow. And I think that's one of the most important things we can do as we as we move forward. Jimmy, I, I hate that. Unfortunately, you and I have had to talk about this these situations for basically uh, the entire time we've known each other we've been forced to have these conversations because of something that's happened across our country i would like to think that we can move forward with all the destruction with all the lives that are ruined with all the people that have lost their damn lives that we can move forward and understand we cannot let this happen we just absolutely cannot let this happen and if you're quiet You are letting it happen. You have to make a stand. It doesn't have to be some big, some big stand on some huge platform. It it just, it just, you just have to make a stand. And and you know, I've had people, you know, email me or or message me or something to say, "Hey, Dado, you know, every time you tweet something political, you lose, you lose followers." I'm like, I don't give a fuck about followers. I don't give a shit about my 2,000 little followers that I have. That doesn't, I don't count uh, numbers or anything like that. That's that's not why I tweet what I do. I, I tweet what, go ahead, Jimmy. I, no, I just, 
I can't even tell you today how many Twitter followers I have. Cause I don't give a matter. Matter. I don't we're, care. We're, no, we're not trying to sell anything. We don't have an agenda. It just you just. I just feel like you have to do what's fucking right. You have to be yourself. I'm glad that the that NASCAR came out as a as a entity and said, "Hey, we recognize what's happening. We need to be better." I'm glad all these NASCAR stars have come out and they've said, "Hey, uh, Blackout Tuesday. I'm supporting this. All these sorts of things." But damn it. That little thing that they just did right there, Jimmy Wags, it's about fucking time. And I'm going to challenge all of them and everybody listening to this podcast right now. Do something positive to further the agenda on equality in America. You can all do better. I can do better. We can all do better. And I challenge everybody to continue this momentum and not to let us ever get back into this bullshit ever again. But we, we can't fix all the world's problems by, uh, by tomorrow, by, by being positive. But God damn it, we have to start. And, we, and it's too, if we don't start now, it's going to be too late. We have yeah. to start now. And I mean, I got, I got two nephews. They're two years old, you know. Mm-hmm. They're going to be... I'm gonna be an old man when they be when they when they turn to be adults, and mm-hmm. I'm all, I can only pray and hope that things are better for them because What's they're two African American, Logan and Mason. Logan and Mason. They're two African American little boys that don't know what's going on in this world right now, and if we can help shape a better world for them to to live their life to the fullest, to live their life so that they can grow up to have kids and not have prejudice and have to deal with any type of racism, uh, systematic injustice, and all them, then, then, then we won. So uh, Jimmy, that's, that's the cause that we need to. It's for our children, man. It's, I think it's, what it's, we it's, should it's do. one of the causes that we have to have. Is everybody listening to this podcast right now should do something positive for Logan and Mason? Because fact of the matter is, wouldn't it be nice? If Logan and Mason could grow up into be young African American men, and they 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 wouldn't know the pain of not being able to trust a police officer, they wouldn't know the pain of what it's like to be, uh, you know, pushed aside because of the color of their skin. That they wouldn't know anything but nurture and love from people of all races. And, and fact of the matter is, I, I'm going to put a face on this right now. In fact, I'm going to put faces on this right now. Logan and Mason deserve an America where finally this shit is over with. They just absolutely deserve it. And and folks, we have to fight for it now. Not yep. eight years ago when Ferguson was happening. Not eight years ago when Minneapolis or Minnesota was having the problems up there again. We need to do it now. Because in 2016, uh, let's see, shit, 2038, uh, to be 16. Shit, let's just say 2030s. <laughs> These boys are going to be teenagers, and yeah. we need them to know what it's like to be safe in America. And Jimmy Wise, I appreciate you coming on. I know you've had two days off, and uh, they haven't been super restful days with everything that's going on in in, in our communities. And I appreciate you coming on and helping educate us and 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 getting through the pain of talking about this 
That's what's going to make us better, brother. And I appreciate you more than you're ever going to know. I love you, brother. Love you too, man. Thanks for having me, buddy. You got it. Talk to you later. I have a dream. That my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today.